0: can we meet in Nashville? The eighth annual Raise Fundraising Conference hosted by One Cause will be held at the Country Music Hall of Fame and Museum in Nashville, Tennessee on September 9th and 10th. Now, when you go to register, don't forget to use the code MISSIONS200 to receive $200 off your registration. You can click the link in the show notes to register. But what is this event all about? Man, it is 700 nonprofit professionals coming together for two days of learning and networking. You have the opportunity to choose from four different education tracks that will feature 30 total interactive sessions. I am so excited to be one of them. Also, around some of my favorite people and today's top nonprofit thought leaders. And you don't want to miss, and I don't want to miss, the Fearless Fundraiser Party just for raised guests being held at Garth Brooks' new Friends in Low Places venue. So don't forget the discount. Use code MISSIONS200 to receive $200 off registration. Click the link in show notes and maybe I'll see you there for some good Garth Brooks karaoke. I don't know about you, but in nearly every report these days that comes out, we keep hearing about how nonprofits are seeing a downward trend in individual donations. But do not be discouraged. Recurring giving is on the rise. Join me and Floyd Jones for a free Give GiveButter webinar on Wednesday, June 12th, all about how you can catapult your monthly donor program into long success. Now head on over to givebutter.com backslash movements to sign up for the webinar. And I will also link that below in the show notes. I cannot wait to share with you how you can build a donor acquisition plan that generates passionate recurring donations. I will share with you five steps to build a successful monthly donor program, some unconventional, but proven to be effective donor acquisition and retention strategies, and how to do a little self audit of your existing platform. So say goodbye to those low donor retention numbers and hello to new amazing recurring donations. So just takes a second to claim your free spot for the webinar, your monthly giving mastermind, build, grow and sustain recurring donations. Again, head on over to givebutter.com backslash movements and sign up for the webinar today. But I hope you enjoy this compilation episode of some of the most fascinating, brilliant, kind-hearted people I have met throughout doing this podcast. Hey there, you're listening to the Missions to Movements podcast, and I'm your host, Dana Snyder, digital strategist for nonprofits and founder and CEO of Positive Equation. This show highlights the digital strategies of organizations making a positive impact in the world. Ready to learn the latest trends, actionable tips, and the real stories from behind the feed? Let's transform your mission into a movement. Hello, happy nearly end of October. What? What in the world? How did this year fly by so quickly? I don't know. It's a blur. It's a blur. But with that, I have had some of the most fabulous conversations this year with guests coming onto the show. And I thought it was due time as we head into uh, the busiest right season of the year that also just continues to fly by as the holidays happen. I wanted to do a little compilation episode. I thought there were so many incredible Episodes and nuggets from them that I wanted to bring a few together that I think are fitting for this season that we are entering in, where we can feel burnt out, tired, stretched, hopefully, maybe a little bit inspired, along with that, too, feel encouraged. And so I have pulled together five little nuggets from previous episodes, and I wanted to give you a little bit of a peek of what they're going to be before we dive into the episode. So You are going to hear from Floyd Jones. Get ready to be motivated. How to focus on the movement of what you're doing and see beyond just the moment of the craziness. How to switch your energy this giving season to see different and feel different results. You'll also hear from Marcus Collins. He is the author of For the Culture, a book I highly recommend, a must read. What is his framework to find your congregation, your believers? How do we go about finding people in the world that see the world like us to bring them called into our mission and what we do? Jenny Nuccio, a message of encouragement and talking about the micro moments. How do you work as a organization to push past the nose, which can feel so heavy and remind yourself that you're enough and there's greatness in what you're doing? Marketing queen, Vic Harrison. How do you captivate the complete stranger (laughs) using her three part marketing engine? Right. We talk about, we believe that people are out there wanting to hear our stories, but the fact is we are slammed in our daily lives. How do we break into that noise? And there will be a little snippet from me too, from a solo episode sharing what is one simple website update to make right now that can make a huge impact and difference in increasing your online donations. All of the original episodes will be linked in the show notes for you to check out as well. But I hope you enjoy this compilation episode of some of the most fascinating, brilliant, kind-hearted people I have met throughout doing this podcast. I hope you enjoy. Let's go ahead and dive in and take a listen.
1: Our friends at We Are For Good always say, build for the believers. And baby, this is how you want to do it. You need to build for the believers. You need to get them hooked on your mission again. You need to bring your mission to life again. You need to bring your cause front row and center because so many different things are trying to take your attention of your donors. But you need to get right back into the attention, right back into the center, and right back to the heart of the matter. And that is what I want to focus on this season.
0: I mean, I think it's, you just need like an SMS daily motivational text. From, actually, not a text. It has to be audio. It's you need to have a, a daily audio message that you get to send out. <laughs> <laughs> which is so true. Okay. So this leads perfectly actually into question B. How do you switch that fundraising mindset? How do mm. you get into that energy flow? Mm-hmm.
1: First of all, it's about I mean, scarcity. how do you do it personally, right? Well, try have for deep breath. You got to take a deep breath. You gotta, but I, here's the thing. I mean this seriously. So many of us focus on the moment. Mm. We focus on the moment. We say, okay, I got to do this thing. I just got to make it to December 31st. I got to just finish this campaign. I got to finish this event. And we're focused on the moment. And you are going to get burned out if you're only focusing on the moment. How many times do we see organizations recreating the wheel? I love your whole brand about monthly sustainers and monthly donors and building that out because you are thinking about beyond the moment and you're thinking about, come on, the movement. Hello, or podcast shout out, okay? We're talking about how are you building the movement and not the moment, okay? If you're only focusing on the moment, you're only focusing on this one campaign. If you're focusing on the movement, then you're focusing on how am I cultivating my donor? How am I going to cultivate my person? How am I going to focus less on the revenue I get now and more on the relationship for the long haul? How do I focus less on what is this new strategy? And I'm thinking about what's the actual story that I'm trying to tell, right? How do I focus not on the donation, but actually on the donor, right? How do I focus on the person and build it for the long haul? Not just the person, the donor, but also the constituent, right? And the cause that you're trying to alleviate and focus on, right? That is so incredibly important. And what I really want to focus on, and let's get back to the heart. Like I said, we got to get back to the heart of the matter. That's how you switch your mindset, right? I get tired too, child. I'm on everybody's <laughs> podcast. I'm talking about it, another thing. But I'm saying, no, 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 I'm not just doing this episode. This is more than missions to movement. This is how do I think about the end listener? How do I yeah. focus on the person who is listening on their walk and they're going on a walk talking about I need more strength for this rest of this campaign. I'm trying to speak to you. I'm going to talk to that thing, right? I'm going to talk to that person, right? Because guess what? If one person gets inspired and they can activate it in their organization, think about the person on the other side.
0: And I think for listeners, if you're like, how do I figure this out for us? How do I put this in practice for us? And I think that's always what I want to try and get across. And you leave a beautiful framework And I'm going to share it. So listener, get ready to write this down. And then you can feel free to iterate on it or add some color to it. But essentially is this sentence saying, I am a member of blank, which is name of tribe. We believe blank, which is shared belief. Therefore, I blank behavior norm. So you give an example. I don't know if you want to share your specific example, but what is an example of this being spelled out?
2: Sure. And so think about this. I'm a Collins. My name is Marcus Collins. I'm a Collins. We believe family and church come first. Therefore, Sunday mornings, I'm in the church sanctuary. Otherwise, I get a passive regressive call from my mother. who says, how was your morning, Marcus? Right? And the thing is, like, there were no stone tablets in our basement that we signed in blood, say we're going to church. It's just what we do. They're expectations of us. So we think about our organization, our company, our constituents as a politician or a leader or a manager or a marketer. I mean, ultimately what we're trying to do is how do we see the world and who see the world like us? Because if we know how people see the world, it is going to be predictive of what they're going to do. Because as you open it up, Dana, like, there's no force more influential than culture. And that framework, people like me do something like this because we believe a thing, that framework. Mm-hmm. It dictates almost all the decisions that we make, whether we're conscious of them or not. And as we, as leaders, as marketers, as managers, activists, as politicians, as clergy, right, even as parents, the more that we understand this, the more likely we are to harness its power to get people to adopt behavior. And that's what the whole focus of the book is, how to help people get people to move.
0: The tip I'm going to share with you today stems from being in the midst of my monthly giving mastermind program right now. And part of that process is I go through online donation audits with each organization. And what that means is I act as if I am a donor going to their website on mobile and on desktop to see the two different experiences and seeing what it's like to make a one time gift. And would this also be a good experience, a good tool for recurring giving as well? Now, the word that I see on nearly every button to ask for a gift is donate. Now you might be thinking, well, Dana, that's not really a shocker because that's what I want someone to do. But think about the mentality someone is in when they're preparing to make a gift. Do you want them to be thinking about what they're giving, which is money usually, or the impact they're creating? Now, this is key. I'll say it again. Do you want them to be thinking about what they're giving money or the impact they're creating? And now think about this. Since we were kids, we have wanted to press that elevator button or flip that light switch, right? Anytime there's been some sort of gadget, we have always wanted to press on it. And your brain wants to click on something because it wants to know what happens next. And believe it or not, there's actually a lot of psychology that goes into creating a clickable button. There's color. When I was working at the agency world in New York City, we received a whole big document, I'm talking about like 50 plus pages from a review of tests with the different political parties. And there were so many different button tests of colors and shapes and placements. And that's kind of what I'm drawing to here is the testing element that goes into this. And I read a really interesting article from Media Training that stated, the human mind is wired in a way that allows certain colors and shapes to subliminally create different moods and emotions without a person consciously realizing it. So, I wanna read this list of colors and what moods and emotions they tend to induce so that you can think about is this the type of mood I'm trying to induce with my button when it's clicked upon? So, red is power and confidence, green is peace, calmness, growth. Black is professionalism. White is simple and clean. Blue is stability and trust. Yellow is warmth, joy, positivity. Very interesting. Orange is friendliness, energetic, and purple is luxurious and creative. So hopefully, this is making you think, like, oh, what's the color of our button, right? Does it align with the way you want the human brain to process it? During our Monthly Giving Mastermind program, we really think about how can we make each of the buttons tied to the desired outcome. So one Monthly Giving program example is from Leap. One of my favorite nonprofits that I've worked with, shout out to Cindy, their mission is to diversify the legal profession and give underrepresented students the support and mentorship they need to attend law school and become agents of social change. So their Monthly Giving program that we came up with through the program is called the bench. So one of our buttons reads, save my seat on the bench, not become a monthly donor or give or donate, but something empowering, save my seat on the bench, right? Taking an action. Another example, I always like to use IJM as an example, international justice mission. Their mission is to rescue people from modern day slavery. And if you go to their website on the very front homepage, instead of donate or give, the button on their homepage reads send rescue. That's directly speaking to the action you're creating by giving your gift, right? Other examples that I've just kind of like brainstormed and made up that are more cause based are help free the innocent, provide nourishment, help build a home, provide a house, clean the streets gift a meal. Now, other examples that don't have a direct tie to the cause, but are still impactful could be, I'm ready to blank. Get my blank. I want in. I'm in. I'm ready. Let's go. I'm all in. So you see, these are all very actionable statements. And on my own website, if you go to positiveequation.com, you will see action statements throughout my entire site. Starting on my homepage, I share two main options to work with me. One is through my courses teaching social media ads. And that button reads, get started with ads. So again, action-based. Or to join my monthly giving mastermind program. And that button reads, yes, I want a monthly giving program. So speaking to the needs of whatever that individual is looking for. One other place that I've made a really conscious effort to update my call to action buttons is on my speaker page. After each signature keynote that I have listed, each call to action is different. I don't say, learn more, click here, nothing like that. They read, yes, this sounds great. Spot on what we need. I'm ready to be moved. Yes, please. Book now. Right. So, do you see the difference that these can make and like the power of there's a little bit more of like a dopamine hit, a little bit of excitement when you're clicking on these? You're like, Ooh, what's happening next? Like, I am so amped to go to this next step. So, my homework for you, if you will, is take five minutes combing through your website and write down all of the different buttons that you have on your website and check what does. The color mean is the placement okay maybe how can i make this one more impact driven and brainstorm a few options
3: i mean the world is harsh so part of my journey i just had so many no's for so long i would say in the last two years i've gotten a lot of great yeses and people finally being like whoa I see what you're doing. But that took time to build something and for people to see that traction. And so, in those weeds, like, I think we just need to be reminded that we are enough. We were made with beautiful talent. We are capable to bring something great into this world. But it does take time and obedience and discipline. And I think in this day of age, you know, we live in just this instant gratification of like, we want to see it happen overnight. And the truth is, <laughs> it's not going to happen overnight like there's not a big break like people are like oh when'd you get your big break i'm like we're still in it there's these beautiful micro moments of wins that we want to remember to not like miss and celebrate because i think also as entrepreneurs we move 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 and we we forget to celebrate in those wins right when they happen cuz we're just like oh that was great check now we're moving to the next big win and i think we just need to learn how to celebrate a little more in the process but there's not this like oh my gosh, this big thing or going viral, whatever that might look like. Um, The truth is the majority of us, I mean, yeah, we're in it and we have to push through. So I want the book to be an inspiration of that to remind you that like you have a tribe out there and you're not alone in that. But also- totally agree. Yeah, yeah. And I think what I hope for also in the tour is, again, the tour itself is going to be an experience. We are borrowing a trailer from our friend Susie Pink, airstream trailer and we are wrapping that that's going to be our pop-up shop so there's going to be like Uh pop-up shop there's gonna be like interactive things we're gonna have live music and we just again i'll speak for 0.5 seconds like i don't want the light on me i want it on you and like whoever's a part of it to experience something really beautiful and so that is all like being ideated now and like created but yeah so i think if you're just in it if you're dreaming big and you want to do something good in this world and you know that well, I'm reminding you right now that you are talented and you are enough. I think this book will just reaffirm that.
0: So I want to dive through this three-part marketing engine because I think it's a really great starting point and foundation for beginning to think differently, which is really important is to have a different mindset around marketing. To start with Captivate of this engine, there's Another phrase that I like that you explain, which is how do we captivate the lizard brain of someone, right? We're all running a million miles a minute, doing a million things, so much noise, so many marketing messages out there. The short-term attention span, how do we really captivate people through marketing content at that first level?
4: Yeah. So I get pretty nerdy and like scientific about it, even though my brain doesn't naturally go there, but it is all kind of rooted in human biology and science to an extent. Essentially, we are all kind of walking around the world looking for a dopamine hit. And that's why we are on social media. That's why we engage with hundreds of pieces of content every day. And as you think about the big priority that we all have, and this is the first part of the marketing engine in our marketing roles is to get more traffic to our nonprofit, right? To get more eyeballs on what we're doing. And that's the first part of the three-part engine is how do you captivate the complete stranger? Somebody who's never heard of you, you have one opportunity, one chance to get their attention, to keep it long enough, just a few seconds so that they become somebody who is interested. And I think as nonprofits, we are often too close to our own work. We believe people are better than they are. Unfortunately, we believe people are all out there wanting to hear about a story of a woman from Uganda or wanting to hear about how we procure bags of sand so we can drill wells and create the projects we create. Like the truth is people are going around worried about their everyday lives. They're taking their kids to soccer. They are busy. They're late for work. And sometimes they sit down on the couch and they just start scrolling through their feet to get a little bit of a relief. And we all do that. And that's just the reality. And I don't think, I think that the very noble side of us wants to believe that that's not how we want to engage with our community, with with the world. But the truth is people are all like scrolling on their phones. So so your objective, you know, the smart marketer needs to understand this concept that I teach, which is people are good, but people are lazy right? Like people want to view themselves as somebody who gives to nonprofit, who cares about all of these big global issues. But at the end of the day, they are going about their everyday lives. And your job is to kind of appeal to the laziest person. Like if you think of the laziest person who wants to view themselves as a giver, but is just like, I do not want to expand any amount of mental energy learning about your nonprofit. So show me something fun, show me something engaging, show me something different and quirky. And that's how we need to think about this is that person's brain gets a dopamine hit when they see something novel, like novelty is the number one driver of, of captivation. If you want to captivate somebody, you got to think different.
0: You gave a great example in your training of what you did at Charity Water as novelty, can you explain what that example was?
4: Was it about the Jerry Cans of the Window and some of the yep. other things? The Avenue, yeah yeah, yeah. 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 So there are seven captivation triggers that I kind of teach in the course. And it's loosely based on the book Captivology by Ben Parr, where he talks about the lizard brain, the most primitive part of our brain, reacts to, is captivated by these seven triggers even before our logical brain has time to catch up. And some of those triggers are novelty, specificity, authenticity. So anytime you can be really specific, right? So instead of saying together, we can help end the hunger crisis. You you can say like $7 and 50 cents will achieve X. If you can just get specific about some part of your culture, actually some part of your storytelling technique, that's going to attract more people. That is just going to pique people's curiosity because we're all curious creatures. So an example for us, early on at Charity Water, when we were we were just trying to get the word out there, probably year one, year two as an organization, we had the opportunity to partner with Saks Fifth Avenue. And they allowed us on Fifth Avenue in New York City, their flagship store to take over the windows of Saks Fifth Avenue, which are like pretty iconic in New York City. And this was before we even knew about like the science of captivating attention. But we just knew that we needed to grab people's attention. And we needed to do something that was really unexpected and novel. So we kind of Especially with
0: New Yorkers who are heads down on their phones. I don't know the year of this, but maybe they were heads down on phones.
4: (laughs) I know. We all had Blackberries back then. This would have been 2007. But yeah, of course, New Yorkers are busy. They're running around. They're going to work. And we... We're really using the psychology of the novelty trigger here without knowing that at the time. But we put, you know, we said, What are people used to seeing in the Saks Fifth Avenue stores? Handbags, nice outfits, high heeled shoes. Let's put dirty jerry cans that look like fuel containers and put them in the windows in really interesting, creative ways. We put actual wells in the windows. And then behind it, we had some photos of, you know, kids drinking clean water, kids drinking dirty water. But the focus wasn't on this, like, expected charity imagery. The focus was on these big, giant, yellow, dirty cans that people only have context for as carrying fuel. And so that was just a really easy way to get people to stop and look and do a double take on the streets of Fifth Avenue because it's something they weren't used to seeing before.
0: Can you tell I love talking all things digital? To make this show better, I'd be so grateful for your feedback. Leave a review, take a screenshot of this episode, share it on Instagram stories, and tag Positive Equation with one E so I can reshare and connect with you.